Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and today we are talking about fear fear of failure, fear of missing out, and the way we allow our fears to talk us out of our potential and what we can do about it. How we can make sure that the thoughts we invent about fear don't continue to limit our progress, our growth, our happiness, our achievement. And you might be like, another podcast? Yes, if you have not heard, we are celebrating this week, and one of the ways we are celebrating is seven podcasts in seven days. If you are new to the show, that's not the norm. Typically, we have three podcasts a week, Monday, Thursday, and a listener Q&A on Saturday. But this week is a special week because registration is open for our spring 12 weeks to transformation, but it closes today. Today is the last day to register for the spring 12 weeks to transformation. We open up registration just a few times a year. So if you have been waiting, if you are one of those last minute people, let's go, let's go, let's go. Because tomorrow morning, which is Saturday, the 6th of April, when I wake up, I will see which last minute folks have joined us. I will get their journals out in the mail and then we will all be ready to go for our Sunday kickoff. Today is the last day to register for the spring 12 Weeks to Transformation. And if you want to learn more, if you want the link to grab your spot, go to primalpotential.com forward slash 584. That's the show notes page for today's episode, primalpotential.com forward slash 584. And I will make sure that all the information you need about the 12 Weeks to Transformation is there. There'll be a video that you'll want to watch so that you understand what it is, how it works, who it's for, who it's not for, how I operate as a coach and what you can expect and your link to register. But today is the last day. Okay. Fear and excuses. That is where we are going today. Fear of failure, fear of change. And I want to kick off by revisiting an idea that I shared in last week's VIP email. I asked you to ask yourself, and ask yourself often, what is possible? I've been doing this every single morning, and I'm surprised by the multitude of ways that it benefits me. So all I do, I have a note on my phone that syncs to my computer, um, just like the notes app on my iPhone that also shows up on my Mac. But you could use a paper journal, you could use a Word document, a Google document, anything goes. All I do is take about a minute 
I put the date and I just am adding every single day, most recent date on top. You can do it any way you want. But I just say, what is possible? Anything at all. What if I could never have to buy vegetables again because I grow such a successful garden here that I have everything I need and more? I don't know. Random, right? And then sometimes it's a little bit more meaningful. Like, what if... I could desire all of the time to fuel my body impeccably and have no desire to indulge. What if that were possible? And of course it is. Of course it is. In fact, if you had told me that my perspective on food would be what it is now, if you had told me that a few years ago, when I was regularly overeating anything I could buy at the gas station, hostess cupcakes, sour watermelons, Chex Mix, you name it, whether it was worth it or not. If you had told me that it was possible then to feel the way I feel about food now and to eat willingly, to desire to eat the way I eat now, I would have told you it wasn't possible. But so much more is possible than we think. So I just brainstorm. Sometimes it's about my relationship. Sometimes it's about starting a family and like, what if it was possible to have a family and also feel really fulfilled by my work? What if it was possible to strike a beautiful balance? What would that look like? What would it take? What if it were possible? What if it were possible to, this is one I was talking about yesterday, and it's not about committing to making it happen. It is about exploring what is possible. So one that I was playing around with yesterday, just for the sake of exercising my brain outside of my comfort zone, not because I plan to act on every single one of them, But I want to become someone who thinks about what is possible, not somebody who limits my choices, limits my life to the boundaries of what I've experienced before. You know what I mean? So just yesterday, I was like, what if it was possible to have somebody come to my house for an hour a day in the morning, and in that hour, they tidy up the kitchen and the bathroom and they toss in a load of laundry and they get my coffee pot set for the next day. As silly as that sounds, it's not about, well, gee, now I'm going to post an ad for that, though I might. It's just about what's possible, like the things I don't like to do. Well, what if it were possible that there's somebody out there who would love an extra 30 bucks a day who can swing by on their way to work as a means of making more money. I was actually thinking about it because I was helping people brainstorm ways that they could uh, find the extra cash to invest in the 12 Weeks to Transformation. It actually got me thinking about, you know, how I can facilitate those kinds of opportunities for people in my community. Little things like having somebody come in for just an hour a day and giving them a great hourly rate for it to do things that I don't love doing. There is always a way to outsource the things you don't love doing. Side note, my mom used to do this by making a list every Saturday of the things she didn't do during the week or didn't want to do. And our that was our Saturday chores. And there was me and my sister and my two stepsisters. And I loved to wake up first so that my my responsibility, all of our responsibility was to do a quarter of the things on the list because there were four of us. And I would pick the ones that I wanted to do. I wanted to get up earliest. So I had my pick. That's total tangent. But the point is, what is possible? Start thinking in terms of what is possible. What if it were possible 
to make excellent choices for a week. Never once feeling that frustration of, why did I do that? It wasn't worth it. Of course it's possible. Thinking in terms of possibility, I was alluding to the ways that it has been of benefit to me. First, I feel more positive, more enthusiastic, as opposed to having moments where I feel defeated or overwhelmed or frustrated. This practice of taking one minute to just brainstorm what's possible has, ma- has lifted my mood, simply put. It has also given me a much greater sense of control. I think we can, and I've certainly been guilty of this, talk ourselves into our powerlessness, even when that powerlessness is not real, because we are not thinking in terms of what is possible. I would love for you to pause this and just brainstorm for 60 seconds. What if this? What if that? Keeping in mind that in doing so, you are not committing to changing anything. You are simply going through an an exercise to expand your perspective and be someone who thinks in terms of possibility instead of someone who thinks in terms of problems. One of the things that comes up as we do this, and I've been talking to a lot of clients about this in the last couple weeks, is fear. A common response to change, even the idea of change, which considering what is possible is considering the idea of change, the most common response I see is fear. This fear will hold you back, it will talk you out of your growth, it will talk you out of living your best, your fullest, your fullest, your fullest, your healthiest, wealthiest life, fear. A couple days ago I mentioned to you guys that I had this conversation about possibility with my master's club. We were discussing, just brainstorming, what else is possible? What if this was possible for you? What if you could live this way? What is possible? And we were examining the stories we tell ourselves that talk us out of our best. The stories we tell ourselves to convince us that it's actually a bad idea to try. It's a bad idea to pursue improvements, to do better, to be more, to try harder. And I had some really interesting conversations afterwards. One of my clients messaged me and was saying that she tells herself this story about moderation that talks her out of impeccable self-care, that talks her out of a higher level of consistency, that talks her out of, quite frankly, creating her best body and her healthiest self. And the story that she tells herself is that she doesn't want to be too restrictive in her food choices, but she was chuckling at herself. And I love the awareness, the self-awareness that can come, the freedom that can come when we laugh at our stories instead of defending them and making a case for them. That is such a sign of growth. When we're not arguing for the limitation and trying to prove that the excuse or the exception is valid, she said to me, 
Never once in my life have I said, well, hey now, your self-care is just too good right now. You better back it off. Never once has she actually had a real experience where she said, gosh, I'm just eating too well. Gosh, I'm just exercising too consistently. Never once had she had that scenario, it's so good it's bad. And yet... She created this story that's based on a fragment of reality, an emotional corner of the truth. The times when she's gone from, by choice, great choices to overindulgent choices and then told herself that the great choices were to blame. I was doing so well and then I fell off the rails. And you know, hey, when... If I just, I need to be more moderate because if I'm not, I'm going to go bonkers. But that is not based on a situation ever arising where she, or, and this is true for me as well, where either of us have said, well, hey now, self-care is just too good. Better back that off. It's getting a little out of control over here. No, that narrative, that story of moderation, right? And this is not an argument for like extremes. Just dial with me in terms of what we're focused on here, which is the stories we tell ourselves that talk us out of our best and the fear that drives that. Those stories of Well, I mean, you know, yeah, I should eat this cookie, have this drink, buy these shoes, because if I'm just too strict, I'll go off the rails. That doesn't come from any reality where you were taking such great care of yourself that things got out of hand. It comes from an emotional corner of the truth where you labeled your inconsistency as the fault of your consistency. Just because you told that story doesn't make it true. And we were laughing as we were texting back and forth about how crazy it is. Like, yeah, I've done that too. Been like, I mean, yeah, it's totally okay to have this ice cream because, you know, if I'm too strict, then that's going to be a problem. But never, ever in my whole life have I truly had a moment of, gosh, I'm just eating too well. You know what I'm saying? So what stories are you telling yourself that talk you out of your best? And that is not to say you better start being perfect now. What we're doing here is identifying the limiting belief, the story that holds us back so that we can just stop telling it. So that when it pops up in our consciousness, we can be like, (laughs) That is just ridiculousness. And as my friend did, just no longer indulge it. No longer take it seriously. It is no longer a card that we play. Eating well does not lead to eating poorly. That is just one of the incomplete stories we use to talk us into what we want in a moment, to talk us out of our potential. And what my work is with all of my clients is picking through the stories that hold us back and eliminating them one by one so that they cannot limit us anymore. After that conversation, another one of my Master's Club clients reached out to me. And when she was going through this what else is possible exercise, she was questioning things like, 
well, what would be possible if I drank less often? Or what would be possible if when I drank, I was stopping at one? What, what would be possible if I never overindulged in alcohol ever again? What would, would it be possible to wake up feeling great every single day and never again wake up feeling foggy from alcohol? And as she considered this, what she recognized, because her self-awareness is just on point and she's worked really hard over the last couple of years to build that, because it all stems on awareness, the foundation we talked about last Sunday. What she recognized as she considered these thoughts of what might be possible was fear. As she was writing down these thoughts, like, well, would it be possible if this? What, was, what if it was possible for this? She recognized that simultaneously she was already creating, entertaining fear-based thoughts, fear of missing out. But I really like alcohol, but I have more fun when I'm drinking. And that's invented. That's invented because she hadn't missed out yet. She hadn't done anything yet. She was just anticipating fear of missing out. She was anticipating loss that she invented because it hadn't happened yet. And here's the other important thing. And why I say that fear is often based on these wildly incomplete thoughts. I used to really love overeating and overindulging. And that's why I did it, because it was this thing that I wanted. Because I would be at work planning what I would overeat later and getting excited about it. Not because I didn't like it, but because I did like it. And the idea of not doing that anymore was not pleasant. I anticipated missing out before it ever happened. When I would start thinking about eating cleaner, losing weight, no longer being that person who just gave herself over to food and went way overboard. Just even thinking about that would create fear. I would go to a anticipation of loss. And many of you guys do too, because I enjoyed it. It was something I looked forward to. But it wasn't until I gave myself the experience of consistent contrast, specifically, it wasn't until I gave myself the experience of consistently eating really well and consistently not overeating and consistently avoiding sugar that I saw the complete version of the truth. That fragment, that emotional corner of my experienced truth, limited only to what I had created for myself, not limited to all that was possible. When I gave myself the experience of that consistency in really fueling myself well, did I see the complete version of the truth, which is, oh my gosh, it is so much better to take great care of myself. And while, yeah, there was some pleasure associated with overindulging, pleasure that came from the planning, pleasure that came from the fulfillment of the plan, pleasure that came from the sensation of the food in my mouth. Those things were real, but what was also real was that it came with disappointment, lethargy, feeling really gross in my skin, just feeling weighed down physically, mentally, emotionally all the time, and longing 
when I would tell myself this story of like, oh, but I don't want to miss out on these things, it was an incomplete story because what that behavior also left me with was this deep longing for a better life, was this deep, desperate yearning for more control in my life, for better choices, to be free from that behavior. That was the more complete truth. And the most complete truth is something I say all the time that it feels amazing to feel amazing. And now when I think about indulging, it's not from this perspective of like, oh, wouldn't it be so great to have blah, 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 because I've created for myself the complete version of the truth, which is that would taste good for sure for maybe a minute, two minutes, five minutes max. And I wouldn't feel good afterwards. My energy would drop. My mood would drop because sugar is the ultimate bad mood food. Chemically speaking, it has a real negative impact on our mood and our outlook and our perspective. We have to give ourselves that complete version of the truth, which for me is I love taking care of myself way more. It feels way better than overindulging does. So where are you creating fear? Where are you using that fear card, fear of missing out, fear of failure, whatever it is, as a means of playing small, as a means of justifying life within your comfort zone? And it's not just about things like food and alcohol, right? I got an email from one of my 12 Weeks to Transformation clients the other day, and she said, I'm terrified of the scale. I am terrified to see that number, and I think that when I see it, whether on the scale or if I take my measurements, that it's going to send me in this shame spiral, and I'm just going to go crazy and eat everything in sight because I'm so ashamed of myself. The reality is that that is such an emotional corner of the truth. Now, it's an emotional corner of the truth that serves a purpose for her. It keeps her from doing something that is uncomfortable, which is often what our fear does for us. But it also prevents her from growth. So here's what I tell myself about the scale. Seeing that number changes nothing. (laughs) Like, I am no bigger or no smaller because I've seen the number. You are where you are and seeing the number changes nothing, but it gives you a data point. And if we want to create change, we must have awareness. It's kind of like you cannot expect to get out of debt without looking at your bank balance or your credit card statement, period. You can't. You cannot expect to change your body if you are not willing to face where it is right now. Nothing changes when you see that number. That fear is a story. The objective truth is it could say 7 trillion, right? Like we could, we could manipulate your scale and just screw with it and make it say, you know, 7 trillion and 4. And then that is the, how it's calibrated. So let's say you then lost 4 pounds. It, the next day it would say 7 trillion. You know what I mean? I've often thought about that, like, get on the scale with a backpack, (laughs) you know, like, this would only work if you didn't know what the backpack weighed and you left it constant. If you knew what the backpack weighed, then you would just do the math in your head. But like, load a backpack with books 
and get on the scale and always have the backpack with books. So now it's, oh, that's not really what I weigh. It's all those books. But since you're weighing yourself with that backpack every single time, like if you want to game it, game it. But the reality, the full truth is that nothing changes besides the drama story, the fear story in your head when you get on that scale. And here's the other piece. The number is not going to send you into a shame spiral. She said, I'm afraid that if I see that number or if I check my measurements, it's going to send me in a shame spiral and I'm just going to eat. Well, the number doesn't. The only thing that could put you in a shame spiral is you, is your choices. So this story that all of a sudden it's the fault of the scale, it's the fault that you now have a reality, no, 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 no. The only thing that puts you in any cycle, any spiral, any pattern of behavior is you and your choices. That's it. And then the other thing that I keep repeating I'm terrified of getting on the scale. Fear is a liar because you are in control. Coming back to that very objective place that, look, if you get on there and you don't like the number, chances are you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see then, right? Because if you look in the mirror and you love what you see, but then you get on the scale and you don't like the number, like, you know, then we're looking at, okay, well, what is your goal? What do you want? But if you get on the scale and you don't like that number, brilliant. You are in control of changing it. So there's nothing to be upset about. If I don't like it, I can change it. Time to get to work. Stripping away the drama is such a big part of not letting fear have any influence in your life. Not letting it keep you small, talk you out of your potential. I shared this in the podcast about limiting beliefs around money and money mindset. The fear that I experience, you know, when I get a tax bill that's a five-figure tax bill. Wait, five, yeah, five-figure tax bill. I'm like, it's five, right? Yeah, a five-figure tax bill or anything that comes up. I just remind myself fear isn't a liar because fear is a liar because I am in control. I am in control of how much I make. And the same thing is true for you. No matter what skills you have, no matter what job you have, we are all capable of making more money, period. Clean somebody's house. You know what I mean? Find a job, a work from home job that you can do online in your evening hours or your weekend hours. Like no matter what physical capabilities you have, no matter what mental and emotional capabilities you have, the truth of the matter is we are all in control of what we make. You might not want to hear that. That might challenge your excuses and your defense mechanisms and your limiting beliefs, but I'm happy to do that. That is my role with my clients every single day. Think bigger. Think about what is possible, not what is not possible. But yeah, when I have those fear-based thoughts, and they certainly happen in my life, I just go right to that fear is a liar because I am in control. I create my results. And the same thing is true for you if you are afraid of seeing the number on the scale. You're in control. You create your results. Instead of the drama and the shame that you manufacture with your thoughts, let's keep it drama-free and just say, well, fortunately for me, there is infinite numbers of things within my control. So if I don't like this, let me use my energy now to change it. To change it. I got another fear-based email the other day from somebody said, I'm afraid to indulge, like to have a treat. Because I fear that when I do, it will just throw me off the wagon and I'll be in a tailspin. My friend, 
Fear is a liar because you are in control. It is not the indulgence that all of a sudden, well, I had a cookie, so now the cookie's in charge, and now the cookie is going to make me eat all the cookies. That's not how it works. You are in control. That fear is a story, a story that you invented. You are in control. Never will a cookie or a drink all of a sudden take control of your life and put food in your mouth. That is just a story you created to defer your own personal power and personal responsibility. Fear is a liar because you are in control. You create your results. You have the power of choice. The bottom line here is that fear is an incomplete perspective. It reflects an emotional corner of the truth or it reflects the story you've been using to keep yourself in your comfort zone instead of challenging yourself to identify and pursue what is possible. What else is true for you? Have you invented this to serve some purpose, to keep you from trying harder, to talk you out of consistency, to keep you comfortable and avoid something that might challenge you or make you uncomfortable? Remember, we talked about this a lot, that Robin Sharma quote, the fears you don't face become your limits. A lot of people, and I mentioned this the other day, have been messaging me saying that one of their reservations that's keeping them from joining the 12 weeks to transformation is fear of letting themselves down. Fear is a liar because you are in control. You don't have to fear letting yourself down because you have something so much more powerful, which is choice. Don't let that fear limit you. The fears you don't face become your limits. So instead of, I'm afraid I'm going to let myself down, go to where you have personal power. You always have it. You might just choose to not acknowledge it. But the reality is you can go to, okay, if I don't want to let myself down, what am I going to do to make sure I don't do that? If this is the thing that I am worried about, I am in control of it. So what will I do? What will I do? Blah. I just tripped all over my tongue right there. It happens. One of the last things that I want to uh, talk about before we sign off for today and tomorrow will be our listener Q&A episode. As people have been joining the 12 Weeks to Transformation, something really interesting has been happening. And I'm excited to dive into this more with these folks when we kick off on Sunday, April 7th. But for my new rookies, I email them when they join like a day or two later and I say, Why? Why did you join? Because I want to understand what they're looking to get from this so that I am better able to help them get it. You know, like if I know what your primary objective is, that goes on your card and then I'm going to be able to to revisit that and to structure things accordingly, whether it's coaching audios or the live Q&As or challenges, things like that. And I'll ask the veterans too, but I don't ask them until we start because many of them are wrapping up their winter 12 weeks to transformation right now. Anyway, so the question is, why? Why did you register? Why are you doing this? More than 90% of people have answered that, why they joined with the problem. Some with pages long emails about everything they've tried before and everything they've done before. 
and the detail behind the problem, the barrier, the perceived limitation. I joined because I can't lose weight and I've done this and I've done that and I've done the other thing and I've tried this and I've tried that. I've joined because I'm inconsistent. It seems like I make this decision over and over and over and I never follow through. I joined because I break all these promises that I make to myself. I'll give you an example. Yesterday I said I was going to do this and I didn't do it. Today I said I was going to do this and I didn't do it. And I'm like, you didn't join because of the problem. You're not here for the problem. You're here for the solution. You're here because of your potential. And just that perspective of saying, why are you here and going to the problem reflects exactly why we have so much work to do because the problem has nothing to do with this. We cannot continue to tell the story of the problem and wonder why we are not gallivanting off to the solution. Why does it feel so hard? Because you are attached to the problem. Cut it loose. So much of our fear comes from the fact that we are more emotionally and mentally and actually invested in the problem than the solution. Cut it loose. Stop arguing for the problem. Stop making a case for why you're playing small. Stop explaining why you're holding yourself back and live fully for the solution for what is possible for you, and stop telling the story of the problem. I want to help you break free from that. I want to help you become a person of possibility, a person of potential, who doesn't submit to the fear because you know and you practice and you embrace that you create the solutions and you create your results so that fear is a liar. And if you want to break free, I would love to take that journey with you. Today is the last day to register for our Spring 12 Weeks to Transformation. And you can learn more about it by going to primalpotential.com forward slash 584. That's the show notes page for today's episode, primalpotential.com forward slash 584. Make today amazing, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.
If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.